Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. In today's episode, I'm talking about time allowed for floating. This again is another listener question that I want to answer. I'm just going to jump right into the listener's question and then we're going to take it from there. This is from Vicki and she says, thanks Gina for your uploads. What an invaluable service you provide for what is sometimes a lonely disorder. I have had anxiety all my life mostly related to rejection and fear of. I'm afraid I've done all the things that create oversensitization, especially running away and distraction. My question is, when I'm accepting floating, etc., is it allowable to set a time limit? My panic attacks can be so frequent that sitting quietly can take time, sometimes 30 minutes or more, and this interferes with normal activities such as cooking and cleaning. Many thanks, Vicki. Thank you, Vicki, so much for sending this question in. I wanted to get to it because I have to say that questions about floating are very common, and often floating is misunderstood. And accepting is something that is just difficult, period. So I think that we can talk about both of those things today and see exactly what we can do to clear up, clear up the idea of what floating is and to actually talk a little bit more about accepting. Because accepting, we get stuck with it, right? I mean, what is it I'm, am I accepting? Am am I accepting um, the feeling of anxiety? Am I accepting the situation? Does that mean I just let everything happen to me and uh, I don't give any pushback or try to make changes? No, that is not what accepting is. But we will get more into that as we go forward here. I wanted to tell the listener that floating is not sitting still with the distress. It isn't stopping what you're doing and going in another room, sequestering and sitting down and being quiet. It may be something that you feel like you need to do because maybe things are overwhelming. The environment may be triggering and you feel you need to go and do that. But that isn't exactly what floating is. It is not sitting still with the distress. Floating is a feeling, and it is a feeling that we take along with us. We also feel the distress, so we're holding both, right? We got it in both hands here, big bowl in both hands, and one is the feeling of floating, and the other is the feeling of the distress. We take the distress feeling with us, and we let it be there without being tense or impatient. And we go on with our day with it. And one of the things I have often said here on 
the show is that I learned how to float before I knew the term float. As many of you, like often you will write to me and say, oh, thank you for giving that what I do a a term or a word. And these are not even my terms or words. These are from Claire Weeks's work way back in the day. And they just have stuck because they are so appropriate. But I learned to float before I even knew what I was doing because it was seeming like finally I had to surrender, right? There was a place of having to kind of give up, not give up in pursuing what I needed to do, but giving up on the fight against these feelings. So that can be floating, right? It is letting go. And Oliver Berkman says, and I quote, true security lies in the unrestrained embrace of insecurity in the recognition that we never really stand on solid ground and never can. End of quote. The fact that there is no solid ground, that we can do what is right in front of us because there's nothing wrong with it. It is. And I know it's overused, but it is what it is. And none of it is solid ground. Things shift and change moment by moment. And when we can understand that we don't have to run and try to get to this place of solid ground, because there is no real solid ground, we can give up that fight. And what better way to do that than to let go of everything, which is a feeling of floating. Dr. Claire Weeks often described floating as masterly inactivity. That was her term, masterly inactivity. And that is to stop holding tensely to yourself, trying to control your fear, trying to do something about it while subjecting yourself to constant self-analysis. Right, there it is. We're so in that loop. Constant, trying to control it, trying to analyze it, trying to do something about it. It just keeps going round and round. We don't make any ground. Again, there's no ground to stand on, but We don't get anywhere. We don't feel better. We just keep feeling worse. So now let's talk about what is the actual floating technique. How can we get to do this while we're still in our day, while we're still in our life, so that we don't have to remove ourselves from cooking dinner or taking care of the kids? Have you tried one skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 face moisturizer and OS1 eye cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you 
one skin. Just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Floating is moving through the sensations of the anxiety without tense resistance. Think about how you float in a pool of water. You have to let go of the tension in your muscles, right? In order to float on the water. What happens when a swimmer is having trouble swimming in? And they're often told, just float, just float. But they can't because they're scared. They can't get on their back and float because they're frightened. And what do we do when we're frightened? We tense up our muscles. And what happens when you tense up your muscles? You become rigid and you don't float. So loosen up, float, let go of the resistance, the tense resistance. Pretend that you are floating in a pool. Feel that right now. See if you can let go of your muscles. I just let go of mine. I was obviously standing here trying to hold on a little bit more tightly than I need to because I relaxed them and I'm perfectly fine. I am still standing. So if we can do this in the water and relax and float, we can do the same with our anxiety sensations. When they arise, use those sensations as your cue to let go of the muscle tension and breathe, concentrating on the longer, slower exhalation. Do that right now. As your next exhale, make it longer and slower. Let go while you are listening, driving, walking, chopping vegetables, working, whatever. You can go on about your day and still float. And again, I remember doing this, and even though I didn't know anything about Claire Weeks or the term floating when I was doing this back in the 70s, 80s, when I would have to ride in elevators. Elevators were a tough thing for me. Even when I was a kid, I remember being nervous in an elevator at my grandmother's house. But as I got older, I would be nervous. And I learned somehow by just being in there and letting the sensations be there And at the same time, relaxing my muscles, I just figured out somehow to just relax my muscles. Like probably 8,000 times people had told me to just relax. So maybe one day I finally did it. And I just relaxed my muscles, didn't worry about what floor we were on or how many floors I had to go. I concentrated on letting go and relaxing my muscles as best I could all while I was still breathing and riding in a very uncomfortable elevator. Floating introduces a sensation of calm, that things are okay, and that the lizard brain can stand down. 
Resistance only puts the lizard into overdrive. We don't want to resist. This floating can also help us to eliminate the fear of the sensation of anxiety, which sets up the fear of the fear loop. Learning to let the symptoms and sensations be there while floating or floating with them and going on about our day will take the fear of the sensations out of the equation, and it will actually interrupt the fear-adrenaline-fear cycle, which is what keeps us going every day. We have fear, we release the hormones, we have more fear because of the hormones, and it just keeps going. But if we can float, if we can let go of those muscles, turn ourselves into a jellyfish or a wet noodle, that sends a message to our brain, that primitive brain, to stand down. She must be okay. She's riding in an elevator, but she must be okay because her muscles are loose. She's not tense. And it takes practice. The first time you do it is not like taking a drug. It doesn't make it magically go away. It will take practice, but again, it's like our meditation. We do it because it's the right thing to do, because it will help us in the future. Again, it's like working out. Our body and muscles do not change because we had the bright idea that we needed to work out, and then suddenly we have biceps. No, it takes time. It takes repetition and commitment. And the same thing with floating. Just keep practicing it. What have you got to lose except the fear, adrenaline, fear cycle? Claire Weeks says, and I quote, Anxiety is closely related to fear. The difference between them is one of timing as well as intensity. For instance, in an acute emergency such as facing an immediate danger, we would say that we were afraid. Whereas when contemplating a threatening future event, we would say that we were anxious rather than afraid. The term anxious comes from the Latin anxious, meaning being upset about some future uncertain happening. So literally, being in an anxious state should mean being in a condition of prolonged anxiety. However, in practice, a person in an anxiety state is both anxious and afraid, and is very often particularly afraid of his nervous symptoms. Again, that brings us back to we are keeping ourselves in the loop because we are afraid of our own nervous system, of our own symptoms and sensations. Now, what does that mean for our listener who has been going off and spending time trying to float or to accept? I want to change your way of doing that. Vicki, I want you to be able to do both. Live your life, do your things you have to do, while you are also being a wet noodle or being like a jellyfish and 
also breathing longer and slower, but not sitting somewhere else. We don't want to alarm the body and the mind by saying, okay, now I got to go somewhere and do something different. No, this is just part of our regular day. We're just going to shift our breathing a little bit. We're just going to relax my muscles a little bit, but I'm going to continue facing what is right here in front of me. And believe me, folks, if I could do this, I know you can do it. I know you want it to change today, but it won't change today. I want you to just continue doing the right thing because over time, it will do something. You will have a different way of being able to relate to challenges, discomforts, awful things, distressful things. You'll be able to do it without having to go down the wormhole and be triggered off into all kinds of anxiety and panic. No need. You can retrain your nervous system, but you need to do the things that we talk about, not just hear them. It takes time. It takes time, but you can do it. And so I hope you'll keep coming back and listening for more. And I'd love to answer your question on another episode. If you have a question, you can send it to anxietycoachespodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to our website and leave us an audio question and we can play it on the air. So you would go to the website and on any of the pages on the right-hand side, there's a little microphone that says voicemail. Just tap that and leave your question. I would love to hear your voice. Thanks for being here. And now for today's quote. Anxiety was born in the very same moment as mankind. And since we will never be able to master it, we will have to learn to live with it, just as we have learned to live with storms. And that's from Paulo Coelho. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at the anxietycoachespodcast.com.